we're trying to we're trying to make let's try and make some progress in terms of our own personal transparency, seeing ourselves, seeing our lives, and one of the most effective ways that we can do this is by seeing what actually we do during the course of a day. And the most interesting thing when we start to self-reflect is the realization that we don't automatically have a cognizance of what goes on in our, in, in our normal day. And very often at the end of the day, if you ask a person, well, what did you do today? They have to stop and think. It's not, it's not natural. And certainly by the end of the week, if I said to you, well, what did you do this week? So probably the majority of the details of what actually transpired during that week are not accessible to you. And even more powerfully, at the end of a year, and you're trying to think about, well, I really want to reflect upon what happened this year. So there's a fundamental problem is that, that reflection can never begin. Because you, you think back and you, you, we really have no, well, I really have no awareness of, of what happened a week ago, a month ago. Sure, there are certain highlighted points that I remember I went on this trip or had this particular interaction. But in the nitty gritty details, I'll, g- I'll give you a brief example from just the, lo- the course of the last couple of hours. And I, just, I, was, I was doing a quick reflection before I began the share. I thought, what did I do today? Well, I went on the bus, came to Shira, gave Shira, and then, and then I realized that there was like these conversations in between, and then I stopped and I thought about the conversations. One of the conversations was about a person, if he's a suitable candidate for, for, for one of the programs that I'm involved with, and <coughs> um, there's, there's like a discussion whether he's suitable or not. And then there was maybe a five-minute conversation which began and ended and probably would have been erased from my conscious awareness very quickly afterwards. Um, but the consequence of that conversation could have radical ramifications in someone else's life. And therefore, in my mind, it weighed as much as a feather. In reality, it was 10 tons heavy. So this is where the, the awareness of self becomes extremely exciting. Our lack of awareness of self is not that we just, we just lose out on the trivial details, but actually, w- upon reflection, some of the things which we process in the normal course, default state of living, which we view without reflection as trivial, are deeply significant. But they get lost in the current of our lives, and therefore, the cumulative power of multiple things of that weight, which get just lost under the surface of our experience of life builds a life for us that we are unaware of and could be in fact completely contrary to the life we think we live in. And the further consequence of that would mean that we essentially are occupying a space in our minds or we're living a life that is not a reflection of the actual reality that we live in. And I see this very often um, when, you, when you hear people arguing over the experiences that they have, you have a person that will, a person will come to me and they'll say, why have I these experiences myself? The, for example, um, the way I've reacted to one of the most soul-destroying experiences of my life when I was a young student was I went to approach the rabbi, I really was seeking guidance, and I really felt that I was dependent <coughs> on, I needed that guidance. And the rabbi said to me, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, I just, I, just, I just don't have the time for it. You have a very competent rabbi that you're in your share, 
and you can go to him for guidance. And those words literally stabbed my heart like a knife. Must have been over 30 years ago and I still remember them, even though, upon reflection, I've probably done that thing 50 or 100 times to other people. So look at this bizarre contradiction of self. On the one hand, when it happened to me, it was this painful like blow being delivered. But when I did it to someone else, which I'm, I'm relatively sure that I have on multiple occurrences, it didn't register at all. So if I ask myself, well, why, why didn't it register? I can't answer by saying, well, it didn't register, because for you, that's not a big thing. Because for me, it's a massive thing. Because I know how important it is because I experienced it myself. And I know when you're in a very precarious stage, so someone else's careless comment can be for you like a knife in your heart. You with me? So what, what, what's the solution? The solution is that I'm not present in that comment. I'm just not there. It's casually kind of processed in the, in the, in the rush of my life that we're out to sit and reflect and think, what is this guy asking? What does he need? Where is he coming from? If I reflected upon it, I imagine that my entire mode of exchange would have been radically different. And I'm not a bad guy. I just, I just, I'm just not present in my own life in the depth of the details. And that's the tricky part, because it's really in the depth of the details. It's not the obvious bombastic things, which really are the most important very often. It's the kind of the casual things on the side, which are, for some people, the most powerful, and for us are the most trivial. So yes, Tuvia. Yeah, but you have to, meaning you can't be that, you can't be expected to recognize and have that depth of every single interaction you have, like, maybe more so than your current state, but to have that for every single time you have an interaction with someone, it's like, <clears throat> you drive yourself crazy worrying about their sensitivities and their this and that, you don't have the time for anything else. So, okay, so, so first of all, you are all, you are immediately taking what I'm saying, yeah, to an extreme taking what I'm saying and applying it to your present state. And feeling that would seem like insane. Flat skating. <laughs> 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 <Light> yes. <laughs> and you take him at, uh, you take him at, uh, you take him at idea, and you say, "Oh, that feels like oppressive to me where I'm right now." And I'm completely with you. I'm not, let, before we even come and apply to how will this look when I put it into my life, let's just think about the idea for, for in isolation. In other words, you see, I'll give an example. There was a very famous um, Menahel principal of a girls' school called Rabbi uh, Manus Mandel. And he met a woman that she was a student of his when she was in second grade. And she met, she, he met this woman, I think it was 40 or 50 years later. And she <coughs> was showing a friend um, a book that he'd given her. A book, and he'd written an inscription. And the inscription was a poem which began with the first letters of her name. And she was showing this book to a friend 50 years later 
saying, the book said something about how she was kind and she was Sanua in the inscription. And she says, when I go out and I think about how I look and how I behave, so these words ring in my mind. Okay? Another example. A kid, there was a kid standing out here, walking down the corridors in the second grade. Little girl was standing outside the class and he says, why are you outside your class? She said, well, we had to do this project and I didn't do my homework. So he said, well, what was the project? So she said, we had to take a newspaper and cut up some articles and stick them on about a given idea. So he said, okay, let's go. He went with her to the newspaper stand. They bought a newspaper. They came back to the office. They together cut out and made the project and he gave it to her and off she went back into class. Okay? Now if I would think what, 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 what the, the point I'm trying to bring out is when he saw it what resonated him was what this girl was going through in her mind. He put himself in her place and he felt the depth of for her which is like her world just collapsed. And he responded to that from her perspective. <coughs> when I would walk past a girl I would say well make sure next time you do a project. Boom. Right? Which means I'm dislocated from the process. Now, it's, that's, let's say, before I would think about it. But now I've heard the story. And I immediately after hearing the story, I would see that same person. Then I would do the same thing. So it's not because I'm incapable or unaware. or It's just that I'm unversed. I'm untrained in the art of living life. And the reason I'm untrained in the art of living life is because I'm not present in my own existence. And the reason I'm not present in my own existence is because most of my life is operating on autopilot, automated, not... And therefore, in that, I can actually wreak havoc unknowingly. me. You know, it's like, it's like there's, there's a great line from a essay that I once read and it says it's talking about a, uh, a person who like he's like completely drunk and he's driving and he says it's like a line which goes something along along the lines of um, he casually continued to drive leaving the sound of screeching tires and crashing glass behind him like that's the, like this picture of this person da, 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 dum, dum. and like everything around him is like collapsing and he's like keeping like, dee, 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 dee. and like cars are swerving in all directions because he's completely random and he's driving so in a way that's, that's how I feel like I live my life I'm just like this this like bulldozing crazy wild driver that I'm going through my life and I'm causing havoc left right and center <laughs> and completely unaware of it causing what? havoc well, you sorry, a question. Could it also be that you subscribe extreme importance to something that is actually very minute? Like as well. As well. That's another, there's, there's kind of, in, in, in secular self-help literature, there's a way of describing decisions. There's the, the um, urgent and important. Those are like the highest priority. Like someone gets hurt and you have to rush them off to hospital. So that has to be taken care of first. There's the um, not urgent and unimportant so those things are kind of sidelined, no one cares about. And then there's two middle ones, which is urgent but not important, and important but not urgent. So the urgent and not important things kind of get taken care of, like that's what you're saying, you make something big which is really small. It's like urgent! And so what is urgent? You've got a client that's waiting, and in the, in the process you miss your kid's birthday, and you're doing this, so you just, just completely dismiss all the important things for the urgent and unimportant thing. 
and then the important but not urgent things like, you know, the long-term relationship with your son. But he's not coming to you and grabbing your hand and saying, come spend time with me. So those are, those are things which kind of get sidelines. That's a good, good, good vocabulary to play around with to create an awareness of your life. Over to you, um, yes, young man. You, um, you said that you completely unaware of the effect that you could have on someone's life based on one comment. Yeah? Right. But we also know that everything that's supposed to happen, Hashem has... So, so that's, that's a paradox. In other words, someone comes up and they punch you in the face. So as much as they had free will and they're held reliable and they can be taken to a based in and, and given monetary compensation for that, from your perspective, you needed to be punched in the face. From their perspective, they shouldn't have. That's a paradox of Ashkocha. So in other words, from the person who heard the comment, they needed to hear the comment. But you are not allowed to say it. It should have come from someone else. It's always for you. But, but the, the, the ramifications are on the other. But the ramifications, yeah, but the ramifications are what meant to be anyway. Like, if it wasn't for you, it was going to happen anyway. So that's 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 a philosophical paradox that that you can't you can't practically work with yourself that way. When you work with yourself, you take full bear full responsibility for any damage you cause another. And that's why on Yom Kippur, you don't go to people that you've hurt and said, "No, mate, you deserve that." Yes. Clearly you deserve that because it happened. So I'm not going to ask you, Mechila, and I know you hate me, but buddy, let's get over it. <laughs> Correct? You go and you say, Mechila, and they have to be Mechil you. And until they are Mechil you, so then you're not, you're not Nimchal. There's you, you're in a... Okay, so I think this, this for me is a very, very... Don't do that. Um, this for me is a very uh, important point. It's a very important point because it means that we have to almost develop a new skill in living. It's not that we have to be frumer. We have to become more artful and more talented and more developed in this very tricky thing called managing life. And one of the most basic things is very simple. It just requires reflection. But that reflection has to be consistent enough to create visibility in our own lives. And that's the, the point I'm making. That the beginning of the skill of living life is, first of all, to see what's actually going on. And it's not automatic. In fact, the automatic setting, our default setting, is we do not see what we do. So in order to <coughs> undo and actually go from automatic to manual, we have to create a proactive choice to be perceptive of what's going on in our life. And that requires reflection. Rabbeinu's recommendation is as follows. It begins with a mindset that you wake up in the morning with. When you wake up in the morning, choose to have a day of choice. And when you choose to have a day of choice, what happens is, options which previously were completely shut off from you, open up to you. So this is, this is me with this morning. I'll just give an example. And then you see how, how you never know what's Ashkocha and what's not but things are sometimes extremely funny. Um... So I'm waking up in the morning. I'm waking up in the morning. I'm waking up in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, today's going to be a day of choice. Perfect. Uh, I've got approximately 10, 10, 10 minutes before slickers begin. I think this would be an ideal opportunity to make myself a cup of cocoa. And I'm choosing to make myself a cup of cocoa before slickers. I'm thinking to myself, well, the kettle's like ready for it. It's going to take a long time to boil. And it may make me a drop late. And then I think to myself, because this is my day of choice, I can choose not to have the cocoa, and I can choose to make sure that I'm there on time. So I choose the cocoa. <laughs> okay, I choose the cocoa. So I, I go towards the kettle, and I don't know how, but I have this crash. 
and behind me, my cup, with its cocoa, is shattered on the ground, which then adds on extra time, because now I have to clean up the broken cup of cocoa and the shards of the cup, put in the garbage, get new cup and new cocoa, and start the process again. Still, still, still at this point in time, I make the decision that better the cup of cocoa than being on time. Because you want to be able to be awake for Cocoa, it's not coffee. So, forget, forget, forget the rationalizations, okay? It's a great rationalization, but it's a rationalization. So, I think, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make another cup of coffee. I can probably slip it in. Now with another cup of coffee, cocoa, I can slip it in. So I get cocoa in cup. Everything's working perfectly on time, meaning late. And I pour the boiling water in and I pour the milk in and the milk is sour. And I say, bon shalom, I get the point about <laughs> No, I cleaned out the shards. Just follow the story, man. And I was on time because there was like a hover in my head that maybe I should do the third cup of cocoa. And then I thought, okay, there's a limit. There's a limit. I get the point. But whether whether that was divinely orchestrated, miraculous or not, doesn't really make a difference because I was very much present in that moment that I was living in the world of choice. I was living in the world of choice. So that means that when you, uh, when you engage in the process of choice, so things look very different when you choose. So that, that was like just a very funny anecdote about how when you do make the decision to choose, how things like don't always pan out the way you expect them. But you're living in the world of choice. You're living in the world of choice. But it's such a tricky world to hang on to because it's, it doesn't take long and then you just get kind of... I don't know what happens. You just, I don't know what happens to me. I just kind of all of a sudden, oh, like, oh, an hour or two went past and I didn't really think about anything that I was doing and why I was doing it. And I have to think back, oh, why do that? Why do that? Why do that? Why do that? And really that's kind of the whole basis of being human. Uh, wh- a point that we've discussed many times before, and this is really going into the nitty-gritty of it, is that I do not want to be able to be replaced by an algorithm. Um, I- I'll tell you what kind of a... a sh- again, this is a scary, a scary experience that happened to me. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to get the cultural in- connotations of the cultural connotations of, um, of it, but I'll say it to you anyway and I'll try to explain. I was, I was in, a, in a show yesterday and I saw there was a, a young man, a married, um, learning Musa. And Musa is a topic that fascinates me, as you may know. And so I thought to him, I wonder what's going through his head. Like, what's he processing? <coughs> so there's a part of me that says, you can't go up and ask him. That's like ridiculous. And like, how can you? Like, like this isn't there like a protocol about like invading people's space. And and there was another part of me said, listen, if you're scared, you'll be scared your whole life. Come on, don't be scared, you little ninny. So, so I responded to the to the little ninny voice, um, and I said, okay. So I went up to him. And I said, hi. I said, do you mind if I disturb you for a minute? He said something, and he speaking American, so I didn't really understand it. <laughs> And then, uh, then he rephrased it, and apparently what you're saying was, sure. Um, and then I said to him, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing Musa. I said, like, how does it work? <laughs> there was like this blank expression in his face. Like, what are you talking about? It was almost if I asked him, like, how much does a good metaphor weigh? What are you talking about? Like, well, it's, an, it's an absurd question. So, so I said to him, like, well, like, what do you do? What's your method? He looks at me and says, Which means it says in Allah that Musa is the Ika. So I wasn't quite 
sure the direct correlation between my <laughs> question and his answer. And then what happened was, in the course of this discussion, he kind of like, just like shot off kind of a series of like yeshivish cliches, which literally could have been copied and pasted from some other place. And like everyone was like perfectly aligned to, to like an expected response. And there was no depth and there was no understanding. And again, I don't know where he's in terms of his own life. And, but there was this, I had walked away with this feeling is I was petrified because I thought like I've just encountered a person <coughs> who is literally scripted to the T. Like I literally could have written the script before I began. And oh my gosh, that's the algorithm. That's the artificial intelligence that can actually can predict ahead of time how you're going to respond to a given stimulus based on the background. That's no freedom of choice. That's no choice. That's no evaluation. That's no rethinking. That's not going to. I have this like continued experience when I speak to people, and it's probably me as well. Everything I say about other people is just a reflection of myself, by the way. Um, when I speak to other people and I notice the delay between the question and the answer, it's very telling as to whether they are just reading a script or they're actually choosing. So when you ask when you ask a person yes. When you ask a person there you go. When you ask a person when you ask a person a question and there's no gap between the question and the response. So it's not always true, but very often it's it's because it's like it's almost like you put in the coin and it, it gives you the candy. Putting the coin gives out the candy. As opposed to I've been asked a question Maybe, maybe there's a different answer, maybe the question's different, maybe I should rethink it. And when you see people who give too many answers too quickly, so then it's programmed. It's just programmed, it's robotic. So really what we're trying to do over here, and this is really a, probably the most important thing we could ever do, we're trying to reclaim ownership of our own lives. And the only way to do it is through reflection. Is through actually having fixed points in our day where we stop and we say, well, what happened from the time I woke up until this moment where I'm about to eat lunch? Let me just go through it. And even before evaluating in terms of good or bad, just simply what? A later stage is to set up a system whereby you can say, well, that wasn't optimal, that was okay, and that was like really bad. But before you even get there, just a consciousness of this is what occurred. And then you can be curious and inquire about the nature of how things worked. And then obviously over the course of time, you'll start to see themes cropping up. And you'll start to see repeated patterns. And then you can start to actually choose. Do you want to continue? But, I, but now we don't even choose whether we repeat our patterns or not because we have no consciousness of the fact that we have patterns. <coughs> we don't even know. So I think that's a very important thing. So the Rainier's initial prescription is before you're about to eat lunch, stop, reflect. Um, before you're about to eat supper, stop, reflect. And before you go to sleep at night, stop, reflect, which is quite intense. And again, he doesn't say that this should be forever. He actually limits it. He says, it depends. When you, when you become conscious in your life, so then it may be a month that you need to do this for, maybe a year, depends on the person. But there's an in- implication in the brain of Yona that this kind of conscious living becomes integrated into your persona until you no longer need to reflect because I don't know, I have to experiment with it, but it seems it has to be automatic. That's the first point that, that the Rabbein Yuna makes, and I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's an absolute game-changer. It's a game-changer. Now, there are going to be problems in doing this. So, for example, there's two of his initial problems, where, but won't they create immense emotional pressure? Because I'm going to now have to be thinking about what I'm doing the whole time, and there's this expression called anal- uh, paralysis, paralysis through analysis. So now if I become too conscious of my choices, so then I actually freeze. You know, there's something very nice about not thinking about what you do, because then you just do it. And we start to think about you do it. So, like, I'm about to say hello to Benji in the morning. I think, what kind of hello should I say? I can give the kind of 
familiar hello, or I can give maybe a more a warm hello. Maybe I shouldn't be saying hello, maybe I should say shalom. And I could say shalom, I could say shalom, I could say Benji, shalom aleichem. High pitched voice, a little bit exaggerated. Begin. I could say shalom, I could say hi, hi Benji. Uh, there's, so now, by the time I've actually considered all those options, and maybe there's 20 or 30, by that, by that time, Benji's already felt offended they haven't greeted him. So, <laughs> so, so, then, so then we're going to have to start to learn it. It's like it's a whole new thing. It's like a whole new game. It's a whole new art. It's a whole new so obviously, with the first time you pick up a tennis racket, the chances of you hitting the ball on the sweet spot in the racket are extremely slim. In fact, the chances of you hitting the ball stum are probably quite slim. So you have, to, you have to learn, and it's a process, and you take it, and you make mistakes, and then you fall, and then you pick yourself up again. It's like life. It's like when you learn to walk. You learn to walk. You don't like, get up and say one day, Hi there, Mom, I'm walking. When you look, you learn to talk. You don't start off with like, full sentences, or at least most people don't. Um, so, so that's what it's about. So it's going to take some practice. And, but we're all here. We, you know, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a team. Let's work it on. Let's, let's go for it. A question from Tuvia. Um, so back to the story of uh, you approaching the I think, American opera who was learning Musser. Yeah. Um, when he gave you that program, res- or what you perceived as a program response, right? could it be that he he was giving you that response, like he knew that the response wasn't, you know, he right. knew that it was a scripted response, he just wanted to get rid of you or something like could that. Could be. No, it could be. I, never, I don't know what's going inside of people, and I don't know, and, and I could be completely misreading him. But But my point is that at any level, the responses were stock responses. So they say it's doing it to get rid of me. But the fact is that even if you can lock into a script of, of stock responses, it means that that's programmed in some level of your consciousness. And I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying him, we all respond with stock responses, right? When you say hello to someone. Hello, you know, like, how are you doing? How, are you doing? how many people, when you, you go up to a person, you say, so how are things going? How many people like stop and reflect and they say, well, actually, lousy. Lousy. The other person doesn't want to hear that. The other person doesn't want to hear They say, they say like, um, sorry, I was just saying hello. Do you know, do you mind not giving me the information I asked for? I mean, come on. Don't you get this whole like, social protocol? And, and there's many, like, I've often, like, there's actually one time I was in South Africa and I was listening to two guys speak. And also it was like, it was what felt like such a ridiculously scripted conversation. It was like, forgive the South African slang, but when something like this, but you just like take your own national slang and you can just adapt. Something like this. How you put good man, how's it? Lekker, man. How was it last night? It was the fattest jaw. I'm telling you. Are you serious? The fattest jaw. It was unbelievable, hey? You should have seen no, Until now, there's been no content to this conversation. Right? And like, you've heard a thousand times. Isn't that petrifying? You know what that means. Yeah, it was not English. Yeah, there wasn't English. But okay, but but yeah, Jake, you could you could adapt it to 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 you know wherever you come from. It's like you know, it's like I don't know, Australian. Yeah, how you? What's up? No worries. You? No. You? Exception to the rule. But you know, there's always like there's like. Yes, maybe I'll have a question from Gabe Chait now. Well, I mean, I stopped in the middle because you're important. Very important. Probably the most important person, if not in, in the world, at least in the share. Go on. Can I ask two things? No, only one. Really? Okay, two. <laughs> so to do with the comment four, I feel like that um, contradicts the comments with regards to the tennis racket because the whole thing is um, not um, conforming to the algorithm. So if you're affecting the tennis shot, 
then you're just gonna every time you see Benji, then you're gonna have the you're gonna learn to say the same response every time. So well, yes and no. In other words, let's say in the game of tennis, there's probably a limited amount of 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 moves you can do. But even so, a great tennis player will be valued for his greatness when he he's mechadesh a new shot. In other words, when he plays a game in a completely unexpected fashion and he utilizes the skill set that he's built up to innovate, that's all will make him great, not just good. So, yes, of course there'll be a lot of repeated patterns, but how you actually, now that you've upped your skill level, implement them in a, in a real-life situation, the sky's the limit. Good. Point two. Point two. With regards to your coffee scenario. Cocoa. Cocoa, sorry. Should you have, if this is the aim, the aim is to be more conscious of your decisions. Should you have not, when you first broke it, had a conscious decision that you're going to have five seconds of thinking about the next decision? Well, what I probably, if I look back upon reflection, what should have happened was I should have very calmly thought to myself, listen, on a hierarchy of importance, What's more important? This cocoa, which you can have later. Or slichas in a series of mechiva, which is a really important time. It's going to connect you to God and do everything that you're really kind of like devoting your life to. Or the cocoa. So, so there's no really a question, right? There's no question. No, the rationalization, uh, this is a very interesting point, and maybe we're going to have to explore this at a later <laughs> date. The, the rationalization is actually the mechanism which creates the cloud which stops me from seeing the reality. Rationalization or the irrationalization? The rationalization. When I rationalize and I say, no, I understand, without the coffee, I won't be, without the cocoa, I'll be the same person, I won't be able to dive in properly. And I make up this whole kind of like really sophisticated theory which defends... What if it's not a sophisticated yeah. here? What if you've been to Slickos a couple days before you didn't have anything, so you're trying to change it up because maybe... Okay, good. So that, that, you're 100% right. If that would have been the context, then you're right. This was not the context. The context was, I like the taste of cocoa on my lips, and that's what's important to me. What about God, the world, the universe? Yeah, yeah but not as important as that. Like just a little bit of cocoa on my lips. Well, he, so, just got, he just got all four things. Cocoa, like, I'm not urgent, not important. So, like, cocoa is not urgent, it's not important. For his, for his circumstances. So okay, good. Right. Good, good. So I think I think you're getting the point. But I think for this 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 kind of this idea of introducing daily reflections could be for all of us a game changer. Now the question is just implementation because it's nice to speak about it, but it seems it's gonna be really tough to put into our, our lives. So I think we should we should we should all maybe give it a bash. Um of trying to do like this uh three times a day, just a brief reflection without without getting heavy and intense about it, but just like conscious. In other words, without even starting with a value judgment system, just a simple noting of what happened to me today. Not going into right, wrong, bad, good. Just noting. I woke up in the morning, I got out of bed. I then realized that was the side of the wall. So I tried the other side, and actually this time it worked. Etc., 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 etc. I had 10 interactions with friends. Imagine if you could actually number the parts of your day from breakfast to lunch. That would be like amazing. Whoa. Squatterize it, etc. So, um... That's pretty much what I'd like to share with you today. And I want to thank you, of course, all for your, for your avid attention, for your, what I would say would be exemplary behavior. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would like to wish you all a very, very good day and a wonderful Shabbos.